this woman to watch movies, and do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm the wife who watches. I'm the husband who is making her watch. <laughs> so we're going to watch the prequels now. We're starting episode yeah. one. Are yes. you, what What do you know about the prequels? I know. I can't even remember the one I've seen. The one you've the seen one is I've... the one we're watching tonight. Okay, Attack of the Clones? The Phantom Menace. I mean, maybe. maybe. I actually don't think that's the one I've seen. I think Attack of the, is that the second one with the clones? Yeah, it would have to be. <laughs> Whoa, listener, <laughs> Courtney was just moving her arms in a very strict up and down to mimic clones. That is the universal signal for clones. Maybe that was the one you saw. Well, we'll find out. Pod race? Yeah. What? Pod racing? Is that a thing? I don't know. Huh. Well, I am very excited to see what you think of these. I'm excited too. I'm excited to watch them with you, my coworker. <laughs> I am curious if you think they're good or bad. I'm curious too. Let's go watch them. Okay, all right. Let's get this over with. Let's talk about it. I wanted to provide a little, a little bit of context for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The year is 1999. Bill Clinton is president. We are children. The top song of the year How was... How old are you? Um, I was turning 10. I was I going was, to be turning 10. I was almost 8. Yeah. Wow. The top song of the year was Believe by Cher. Do you believe in love after Thank you. This is the first Star Wars movie to release in 16 years. and That is so crazy. I know. Isn't that such a different way of making content? Yeah, but it's also like back then I thought that the Star Wars movies were so old. Like, just as a little seven-year-old, like, thinking, like, oh, those were made so long ago. And to think, like, there were only 16 years between that. I remember when I was a little kid, and I remember talking to um, one of my mom's friends who was like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. I, I saw that when I was a kid. I'm like, no, you didn't. Because I didn't realize it come out in 1977. <laughs> I thought she was, like, messing with me. <laughs> if you were a Star Wars fan coming off those original that original trilogy, there wasn't much of anything, any Star Wars content being made in the intervening years. There were a couple of not great cartoons. There was an Ewok cartoon series in the 80s. There was a Droids cartoon series with R2-D2 and C-3PO in the 80s. There were two spin-off Ewok movies that I've seen, I have like vague memories of. They're not good. They did not capitalize on this in the way they could have. I don't understand it. It's crazy. There's a bunch of comic books and novels. That's basically, if you were a huge fan of Star Wars, that's all you had to go off of. And they had, they are called like the expanded universe, all these books that expand out the story. But and as far as actual, like real Star Wars film content, there was nothing. I remember in the mid nineties, they released this story called Shadows of the Empire is a story between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And they wanted to treat it as if they were releasing a new movie as far as merchandise. So they had a tie in video game, a tie in comic book and novel. They had like an action figure toy line. And I remember these coming out and thinking it was so awesome. <laughs> and then George Lucas says that when Jurassic Park came out, he saw that the effects in his mind had matched up to where he wanted, to the story that he wanted to tell, this vast, expansive, CGI-heavy story. That's what made him want to sit down and write the prequels. And so I guess he, t and he kind of tested it out by doing the special editions of like what you could do with special effects. 
So this was released May 19th, 1999. With Jurassic Park, so much of that was practical effects, right? Jurassic Park was kind of the turning point between the types of visual effects they did where it was kind of like a version of stop motion. And they created CGI basically with Jurassic Park. It's just wild to me because all of his, all of this movie is CGI. He didn't really use any practical effects. Yeah, there are some, so but just... you just kind of have to know where to look for them. I will say this about George Lucas, though. A lot of people really praise the visual effects in the original trilogy and then really dump on the prequel trilogy. And with each movie, he's definitely trying to push the boundaries of what visual effects can be. Yeah, you've said that before. I just think it's funny that he was like... To the detriment of his own movies. Yeah. I just think it's funny that he was like, oh, this will look so cool. But he didn't take into account all the things that actually made Jurassic Park look cool they didn't they didn't use as much cgi it was it was very Jurassic park was like a marriage of cgi and practical effects yeah not minimal like quantity but like they didn't do anything crazy whereas like this episode was just like so much cgi i couldn't handle it this is essentially the most expensive indie film ever created because he had complete creative control over this it was his (laughs) entire vision and there's all these behind the scenes Footage of him like showing like his producers and other people, like his ideas that he has, and they're all just kind of you can see the look of they're kind of confused on their face, but they're just going along with it because wouldn't you? It's like this guy made Star Wars. And so if he had an idea, and if you even if you had any misgivings, you'd be like, Well, I'm gonna trust this guy because he created the Star Wars trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was just surrounded by people who didn't say no to him because like, how why would you question George Lucas at that time? Yeah. So the film premiered. It was extensively covered by the media. It was greatly anticipated. I would say it was the most anticipated film of all time. I don't think there ever were or ever will be a more anticipated movie than this movie. It initially received pretty mixed reviews. Wow, that's such a bummer. It's a cautionary tale to not get your hopes up. I would say even people were very excited for The Force Awakens, but because of the backlash of these, even myself going into it, I was like, well, I should learn to not be overly hyped for something yeah critics at the time praised the visuals the action sequences and john williams's music which is always no matter what you can say about the prequels i think his music just delivers the whole time it's so good uh but they criticized the screenplay characterization and the performances of some of the characters so some some key parts of (laughs) filmmaking however it was a massive financial success it grossed more than 924 million dollars worldwide it became the highest grossing movie of 99, the second highest grossing movie worldwide. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars out of four. Whoa. He called it an astounding achievement in imaginative filmmaking. That's a lot. Do you agree? No. <laughs> I'm wondering if you could tell me what happened in that movie. I'm going to need a little help. Okay. Okay, so it starts out Qui-Gon Jinn. Wow. I know. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. Our... Asking for permission to enter a ship. That on that ship is the emperor. Technically, yeah. And the businessmen. Yeah. Well, the emperor is communicating to them. Oh yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Don't let them on, or destroy them, or something." Yeah, he's like, "Kill them." The businessmen are trying to invade that planet. Oh no 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 no! Ah. Oh, you're so close. Napu Napu Napu. It's Naboo. Dang it. Oh, that, was very, that was really close, though. Naboo. Yep. Yeah, they're trying to invade Naboo. Yeah. The are. businessmen they are. are. They really are. 
so they have that like fight beyond that i don't it's just kind of a disaster i don't really know how to proceed so you're gonna have you, to just you, like move me along you can paint in broader strokes than this okay so queen amidala that's not is that her name in the first one mm-hmm. okay so queen amidala is there played uh, by natalie portman slash kira knightley right the beginning i kept saying to you that's that's not her that's not natalie portman and you just wouldn't say anything <laughs> that's not her I don't know what you're talking about. They look very similar. They do. It's weird, right? Yeah, it's really weird. But you can tell that they're different. And her name is, give me a second, Padme. Yes. What did you think about that reveal? And I'm doing air quotes where she had handmaidens as her decoys. It's kind of dumb because, like, they never really explain that, do they? I think the idea. She just wants to throw people off. I think the. Well, it's played up to be like. Like they're fooling the audience, sort of. But they're. I know. I'm wondering. I'm wondering me. if anyone. I don't remember being fooled as a ten-year-old watching it. I definitely am not fooled as a twenty, twenty-seven, no, near you, twenty-eight. No, year old. you weren't. No. No. I right. You, right got, on, you got that investigator's right eye, yeah. From the from the get-go, you're like something's <laughs> off here. Mm-hmm. They go to Luke's home planet. Name escapes me. <laughs> You're just staring off. It's because I'm trying so hard to remember this. It was such a blur. It's yeah. such a, like Tatooine. A, they have to Tatooine. stop there because their ship got damaged. Broken, yeah. From the businessman. Absolutely. Okay. Then they run into Anakin Skywalker they at do. the place where they're trying to get a replacement. They do. And they run into Watto. Yes. Who is grumpy. He is. Anakin is like this like happy, cheery kid he loves pod racing and building stuff and he's good at it um so they take him with him with them take him with them yeah there's like a bet and then they win his oh yeah with the pod racing yeah oh yeah because he's a slave he is and then the mom they go back to the mom after the pod racing which you were like this part's fine and i was bored to make Oh, I just, what I meant when I said that was. It's not like the rest of it. There's redeeming qualities. There's there's humanity in that scene because people are expressing emotion. No, I'm sorry. The pod racing you like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't like that at all? No, I was bored. Oh, you know what I did like? What? The, um, well, I didn't like them. I hated them so much. Mm, I know what you're going to say. The two-headed announcer? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the worst. I think it goes a bit long that race, but I like, I do think it's genuine. It's really well shot. It's like a good, like a good action sequence. It's really, I think yeah. it's really fun. Okay. So then they go. They tell the mom, "Hey, we have to leave. You're still a slave. Sorry." And she reveals that she, uh, Anakin was born out of immaculate conception, almost by the Force. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it even weirder. <laughs> yeah, so Anakin is Jesus. Yep. Basically, he's, what did you call him? Space, Space Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> For some reason, we don't know. And there's a prophecy. That he will. That someone that's born from the force will balance distra- the force. Oh, balance the force. Yeah, whatever that means. That's him? Or is that... Qui-Gon thinks it's him. But it's Luke Skywalker. Um, I don't actually... It never really... Oh, man. This movie is such horseshit. Yeah. The prof- the whole... The idea of the whole, the whole prophecy being a part of this fantasy story is, I think, stupid and kind of counter to 
what I think is the best part of Star Wars, which is that you there's not like destiny or fate. I think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and they figure out they've done this before, but I can never leave my droids out. They're the best part. They're a part of you. Um, C-3PO, Anakin made. He created himself. He did. And R2-D2 is from Queen Amidala's ship. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Do you like that they're included in that way? No. I mean, we talked about this a little bit. It just makes the galaxy smaller, it's just which like is kind of dumb. The same 10 people keep running into each yeah. other. I would have been fine if they hadn't been in any of the prequel movies. Yeah. It would make, it would make more logical sense. Yeah. But they're there. There's even worse examples of that in the next two that we'll watch. Oh, boy. Of things kind of being forced in. Because it's like, hey, you remember this, right? You mm-hmm. like this. I did like seeing the Jawas. Oh, yeah. I always like them. And the Sand People. Yeah, well, there are things that like fit, make like sense organically to have them there. Like It makes sense to the... have show Jabba the Hutt for two seconds because that's yeah. his planet. But like, yeah. I'll point out Tatooine is his planet? Uh-huh. That's when they go back to rescue Han Solo. I They're on Tatooine. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They go to the big city planet. Coruscant. It's like the capital. And they go and Queen Amidala talks to her senator. Oh, yeah. And they vote out the chancellor and they elect that senator to be chancellor instead. And she's like, I'm going to go home and fight because yeah. like this, this bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Bureaucracy. And so then they're all fighting in pods again. Well, they meet up with and they all, you also meet uh, the Jedi Council. And Yoda. Remember Yoda? Oh, I did like that part. They wanted Anakin to be trained and the Jedi Council's like, something's up with this kid. Yeah, he's space Jesus. Can't have any of that. None of that. Get out of here, Anakin. Then they're fighting in pods. Anakin's fighting and he's like, what does this do? (laughs) He's pressing buttons. Oh yeah, Mr. Magoo's his way up to the fight. Yeah. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Yeah. When does he say, now this is pod racing. It's after he accidentally blows up the ship to save the day. <gasps> oh, yeah. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> Mr. Magoo is his way to the top. <laughs> and then, oh, wow, I forgot about Darth, Darth Maul entirely. Killed him. Killed over. And then Obi-Wan's uh, going to train Anakin. Yeah, because Qui-Gon Jinn died mm-hmm. also. And Obi-Wan promised Qui-Gon. Darth Maul gets cut in half, literally. You see his legs flailing. I thought he would have a bigger part. He probably should have. He is the scariest Star Wars character to me. That you've seen so far? Yeah. I'm kidding. Well, when Aside from maybe the Emperor. No, the Emperor's not that scary. There's a guy in my mind who's scary later on. Yeah. But Darth Maul is so scary. His face and his horns. That apparently when they were designing him, the designer said like he tried to design him off of things that he had like nightmares about. Oh. When he was a kid or something. Yeah, he looks like Satan. He does. I'm surprised no one got weird about people dressing up as Darth Maul for Halloween that year. Because my friends did. Mm-hmm. I have a couple pieces of trivia for you. Okay. I thought you might find it interesting. This movie was pretty disparaged at the time, and people still, I think, don't like it for a lot of reasons. Many of which you pointed out while watching it. You kept pointing out how bad it looked with all the CGI, and why didn't they just use more puppets oh, yeah. and more practical effects. What did you think of the Obi-Wan... Like the Jedi braid. Well, I like that because I knew what it was my whole life. Yeah. I, had, I, I thought it was, you had one? I had that haircut. I got that haircut when I was 10. Of course. I mean, everyone was kind of doing the short spike hair anyway, right? Sure, sure, sure. But did you have a Jedi braid? No, I did couldn't. Did you want one? Um, yeah. When I was Obi-Wan for Halloween that year, 
I bought a little, it was like a braid that was attached to this ear clip that you clipped around the back of your ear and it just kind of hung down there. I'll show you. I'm surprised I haven't shown I you a picture wait. of that. I'm sure you have. You've got a friend in me at the end of Toy Story. Maybe two. Is sung by Wheezy. You're asking how funny is that? Yeah, is that? That's just. <laughs> I was just thinking. It, Weezy comes out during the credits and oh, he's I like, know, yeah. you've got a friend in me. Yeah. Is that kind of funny? Yeah, I, that's one of my favorite bits. <laughs> Anakin's theme in the movie, I don't know if you probably didn't, rec like, probably didn't pick up on it at all. Probably not. But it is actually the inverse of the Darth Vader theme. So what is that? So the Darth Vader theme dun, is like... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and the Anakin theme is, it's like... Interesting. I yeah. don't really understand that. Am I gonna hear it again? Um, I actually don't think In so. In dose? Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, that was my shot. It was just a fun little piece of trivia for you. Oh. Did you like Anakin? Um, no. Uh, I'd be honest. The kid that played him had a rough go. I know. That's really sad, and I feel bad for him. But I also am like, I, he's not a very likable character. Yeah, it's not his fault. No, it's not him. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier today. I'm sure that kid thought that was what what bigger break could you have gotten than playing young Darth Vader in the new Star Wars movie that was hadn't there hadn't been a Star Wars movie for 16 years. Yeah, like it would just have been a slam dunk. I feel bad for him. I think he got went through a lot for that movie. Oh, that's sad. I know. As we started the movie, I pointed out that there would be three racial stereotypes <laughs> yeah. in this movie, and you picked all three of them out as soon as they happened. Isn't that wild? That those were in that movie. I can't, I can't believe it. Look, if there was just, if it was only one of them in that movie, you might be like, well, maybe this was just an oversight, I guess. But it's pretty. In 2000. 99. But yeah. like, it's pretty jarring that there are three, like. Really intense ones. I can't believe that. That's unreal. There were so many times, I, yeah, I've told you this before, but during that movie, I kept looking over at you and just seeing your. <laughs> Eyes so wide and just a look of disbelief on your face. At what point did this movie for you just go off the rails? Maybe the first, like the pod racing. Oh, that's when it was? Because everything was just so crazy. And I was like, I'm not even watching a Star Wars movie anymore. I'm watching like two, like the two-headed announcer guy. It was just like, now these this is wild. It's, like like it's a, just so crazy. It what feels like watching? a parody almost. Yeah. I think it goes off the rails for me pretty soon after Jar Jar Binks shows up. Who we haven't uh, raved. Whoa, we haven't talked about Jar Jar Binks. No. Maybe that's right. Yeah, maybe that's it. When they're at, um, what's his, his like underground? Oh, uh, Odaganga is the name of the city. Odaganga is the name of the city. Oh, I know, boy. I know what part you're talking about. When Captain Tarpoles shocks him. You're in deep doo doo. Yep, Yusa in deep doo doo distance. Oh, gosh, I can't. And then he shocks him and he goes, How wooed. Oh, my gosh. Oh. I can't believe it's taken us this long. I oh, forgot you, about Jar Jar. Do you remember Binks. when they're walking, th when they're walking through the town, and Jar Jar steps on some goo, and he goes, oh. <laughs> or do you remember when they're getting everything's ready for the pod race, and that little like a camel-like creature farts at him? Yes. And he says, Oh my gosh. I or this is hilarious. Thing. Do you remember when his hand gets stuck in the pod racer and he gets shocked? So he's like, he can't really talk right. But his hand's stuck. He doesn't know what to do. That's hilarious. We were dying over that part. 
Or when he's just like flailing around on the battlefield, just running all around and kicking that droid, and it oh, keeps yeah. shooting people by accident. He, he just has zero. There's there's no point to him. I, he's a piece of garbage. I can't I can't believe what they Is were. Is he thinking. in this next one? Well, so you'll see in these ones, the backlash to him was pretty severe, and his role is severely cut back. To the point where in the third one, I don't even know if he says anything. Well, and it was so stupid to me that he was CGI. That's what I... I... Well, they almost... they built So there's a couple shots in the movie of like his hands or feet that are actually like hands or feet because he had like a costume that was built for him. I just don't understand why they didn't do that the whole time. Like, it's because George Lucas really wanted, I think, to push the boundaries on technology, which I, I admire him for, but it also resulted in a worse movie. I have walked away. <laughs> I'm like, enough of this. That's the door <laughs> shutting. Um, I have two pieces of Jar Jar trivia for you. Great. Can't wait. People have since, in the last couple of years, there was a Reddit theory that popped up. A theory that George, Jar Jar Binks is a Force user... And was initially set up to be the grand villain of all of the Star Wars movies. That he was the one pulling all of the strings, even above the Emperor. And that George Lucas changed all the plans when he realized how much people dislike Jar Jar Binks. I don't know enough to comment either way. Oh, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it, yeah, it is dumb. I just didn't want to sound dumb if you thought it was. I mean, it's, I read the entire theory. It talks about how he's able to like to jump and do all these like weird acrobatics and that you really would only be able to if you had access to the Force. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks using the Force. But that, but that it was a grand, like a grand scheme by him to look stupid. But in reality, he was orchestrating everything. <laughs> and it was like a huge cover. And he was fooling everyone. Something else I hated. Okay. The robots. The bots. Oh, the battle droids. Gosh, I hate those stupid things. What did you hate about them? Their voices, mostly. That is pretty dumb. Check it out, Corporal. We'll cover you. Roger, roger. Where are you taking that? Corazon, uh, that doesn't compute. Uh, wait, uh, you're Um, were they, they were pretty CGI. Yes, I think almost entirely. Yeah, I hated, I hated them immensely. What was your favorite part about the movie? I, I don't mind Queen Amidala. Really? Yeah, she's fine. What was your favorite part, though? Like, what, what was the sequence you were most engaged in the movie? Oh, boy. It can be for the wrong reasons. When they're, they're on the home... Queen Amidala's home planet, where they go in the water. Yeah. That was probably... When Jar Jar Binks shows up, I knew who Jar Jar Binks was because in 99... How, how can you not? Yeah. Yeah. I was in second grade and everyone was running around. Misa Jar Jar Binks. Misa Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Um, Just un unwittingly being racist. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> can you believe it? Oh. Um, <laughs> these little 10-year-olds... Eight-year-olds. I'm falling asleep just thinking about it, but like the part where they get in the water, maybe. Okay. At the beginning, I'm like, what is this? That's probably the part I was most engaged. Because you're just like, what am I watching? Yeah. What was the What was the least the part that you zoned out the most? Probably the end battle. No kidding. Well, you're also very tired. I was. And you I don't was. care much for action sequences. Yeah, I but didn't I like that part at all. I don't, I truly don't remember anything that happened. In that fight? In the city. Either, oh, yeah. Except for I do remember the big room where they're the Jedi. The big Senate room? Yeah. Oh, Senate. Oh, like the big round room? Yeah. Yeah, that was like the Senate chamber. Okay. I would say most people think that the fight at the end between the Jedi are the best part. Like, I remember being a kid and thinking, can we get through this other like fighting and get back to like the Jedi fight? Like, I don't really, I don't really care about Natalie Portman running down hallways. 
Sorry, not the Jedi fight. Is that what you're talking about? I was not engaged. I was more... In- That's probably most engaged. When um, Obi-Wan is fighting Darth Maul. Their lightsaber fighting. Oh, you're most engaged in that part. Probably. And then the part... The fight that I'm talking about was when he's in the ship and he's blowing stuff up. I was oh, like, okay, God, yeah. this is such garbage. But you like... Oh, the lightsaber fight yeah, was yeah, okay yeah. to you? That's fine to me. That is my favorite lightsaber fight. Yeah. Which is saying quite a bit, too. I get that. It's very dynamic. I like how aggressive it is. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like punching and kicking. Yeah, a lot at stake. Yeah. Okay. And it was the first time you'd really seen... It was the first time you'd really seen anyone fight like that, like quickly and dynamically. And also the reveal of the double-bladed lightsaber mm-hmm. was like probably the best moment in the movie, I think. Yeah. Like sitting there watching it for the first time as a kid, that part was... <laughs> what, what sound did they make when they hit? Meow. Yep. <laughs> Who is your favorite character in this movie? I really liked Qui-Gon Jinn. I liked Queen, Queen Amidala. Now ask me who my least favorite was. Who was your least favorite character? Jar Jar Binks. Oh, hello, boyos. <laughs> One last piece of information and a little trivia for you. Do you know what celebrity was lobbying George Lucas to play the role of Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Michael Jackson. Courtney has covered her open mouth with oh. her hand. Michael Jackson? Yeah. He really wanted to be in this Star Wars movie and play Jar Jar Binks. Wow, he... Can you imagine? He really escaped from that garbage dump of a situation. That was... That could have been bad. Also, you think the Phantom Menace would have been a greater stain on him than he being a greater stain on the Phantom Menace (laughs) in the long run? Um, I think that would have, like... Not, I don't think it would have tanked. Just, like, remove everything that we've learned about Michael Jackson the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, can you imagine trying to watch that movie and being like, well, that's Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Even, true. like, Samuel Jackson is in these movies. And even seeing him is just like, yeah. oh, that's Samuel Jackson in a Star Wars movie. That would have been bananas. It would have, but it would have, like, since I can't even. <laughs> we've stunned her. I'm stunned. Uh, listeners, we have a new segment. This is called uh, We Answer Questions That People Ask Us. <laughs> Who asked us a question? Uh, Ryan C. Uh, texted us two questions. He's a longtime listener of the podcast. He asked, in Star Wars A New Hope, it feels like Darth Vader is not in charge, but then in Empire Strikes Back, it feels like he is? I had the same question, Ryan. Yeah. I you... framed it like, I always thought Darth Vader was the boss. Top dog. He was not. No. He's kind of like a lackey in that first one. Yeah, he's not the he's not the big boss. No. The Emperor is. I think the real answer is because when the first Star Wars was written, Darth Vader was just like a tough and he wasn't he had no grand plans other than just being a villain who killed Luke Skywalker's dad. And that's why he kind of just responds to when uh, people kind of just bark orders at him. When he's choking that guy and Cheeksy McOldsey is like, Hey, cut it out. He's like, Oh, okay. But then I think they retooled kind of what his set, the setup, the dynamic he would have as second hand to the Emperor when they were writing The Empire Strikes Back. And that's why Ryan C., he's more of a prominent villain and, and seems higher ranking in mm. that second film. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is a satisfying answer? I do. Ryan's second question was Do you think Han and Leia's relationship was more appealing to audiences in the 80s? Yes. I also think so. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just not as creepy. 
No. Context is everything. I was yeah. talking with somebody about this at work today. Were you really? About that? Star or Wars. Just, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, because he was talking, we were talking about books, and he was talking about, he was talking about A Tale of Two Cities, but then he was talking about love in the time of cholera, and he was saying there's a, there's a creepy love triangle that wasn't creepy huh. several years ago, but now it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I think I think in the 80s, you'd probably think Han Solo was being very charming and, and just really taking command. Yeah, but that's why I didn't like him, Ryan C. You know, I, I doubt you'll ever see this movie, but the first Blade Runner, there is a similar situation with Harrison Ford, huh. where he basically forces himself on like one of the females. And I remember I was re-watching it when Blade Runner 2049 was coming out. And I was like, wow, this seems, <laughs> this is really awkward. To, yeah. It was like uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I definitely think that about Star Wars. Did you open that box of... No, no don't open it. I didn't realize, and I kind of like played with it, and I was like, oh, there's a... Stocking stuffers. Jason opened the box of I didn't. stuffers. No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I, didn't. I really, don't really didn't. Don't open it. There's present treasures in I would there. never think of it. I wouldn't dream of there's it. holiday treasures from Santa Claus. Um... All right. As as we always finish every podcast before we go start another episode with Courtney, I ask her to do a couple of impressions, and we track <laughs> to see how they've grown over time. Courtney, can you do your Chewbacca? Yeah, I'm, I can't do it with you looking at me. I understand. Do you need me to do lightsabers again? No. I, oh, okay. I'll list some of them. Okay. Um, can you do your best R two D two? Will you do your best Darth Vader impression? Luke. Will you do your best Ewok? Yup, nup. Yup, nup. Yup, nup. I just keep saying yup, nup. No. Um, will you do your best Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. Oh, I, I started. <laughs> He's a pirate. <laughs> it's all drop, drop, drop. Oh, it's okay. It's actually not. That's, that's yeah. okay. All right. There's a oh, there's a door I need to get through. I'm gonna I'm gonna slash my lightsaber downwards and cut open this door. <laughs> anyway. Attack on of, on to the next. Attack of the clones. Attack oh, of the clones. I give Phantom Menace a rating out of four stars. One. Give Attack of the Clones. Uh, negative one. Whoa. You said it was worse. It's my least favorite, but... Okay. We'll see. Well. We'll see. Okay, Courtney, if people want to reach the podcast, where can they find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WifeWatches. Just as a note, that Twitter handle is at Wife underscore Watches, not WifeWatches. Or you can send us an email at MyWifeWatchesMovies at gmail.com. Fantastic. <laughs> Join us next time. We will be watching Star Wars, Wars Episode, episode two, 2 Attack, Attack of, of the, the Clones. Clones. Star Wars. Star Wars. Go, Star Wars. Go, Star Wars. Go, Star Wars, go. go Star pew, Wars. pew, 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 pew. pew, pew, pew. Boom, pow, boom. boom.